if they're kind of recommending something before you're even, if you just met them in the first hour, how could they really know exactly what you need? It's like going to the pharmacy before going to the doctor. How could you really know what is in the best interest or what that strategy or what the client needs in that such short of a time? Welcome to the All Things Retirement Podcast with certified financial planner, Anthony Alpha. Here's your host, Ben George. Welcome back in to All Things Retirement. I am Ben George, joined by Anthony Alpha, certified financial planner and founder, Cardinal Wealth Group, with the office in Cherry Hill, serving South Jersey, Philly, and the surrounding areas. Today, I got a good show for you planned. We're going to get a little reaction to some news on retirement age. Could it be heading a little bit older in our country. Maybe we can take some notes from another country to maybe see what's uh, what's in our future. We're also going to talk about what drives financial advisors crazy. We will go through a number, a list of uh, of the industry flaws potentially, and some things that kind of maybe bother Anthony or at least bother financial advisors in general. And then we'll take a couple of mailbag questions before we close out the show. Uh, so Anthony, we're going to find out today a little bit about you, man, in terms of uh, what drives you guys crazy. <laughs> Welcoming, uh, looking forward to the questions. <laughs> so I don't gonna, know if there's enough time on this podcast to go through it all. Yeah, we're going to stick to just uh, <laughs> industry-related stuff, too. We're not going to get into any pet peeves or anything like that. So uh, we've got a good show planned. Uh, let me remind you, too, you can find every episode online at cardinalwg.com. That is the website. You can get your uh, your toolkit right now to defuse the 401k IRA tax bomb. Uh, time bomb that's coming for you in retirement, so you can help you do some tax planning. That is uh, complimentary right there on the website. You can request that now, and you can get in touch with Anthony through the website as well to set up a meeting or consultation and get your planning on track. Um, some news out of China, and you know we're usually talking uh, more economic news out of China when we mention that country, but I thought it was interesting to see. And, you know, every country has its own retirement age. You know, obviously, we're pretty used to 65 in the U.S., but it, you know, it varies from country to country. Well, China's considering raising their retirement age. It's currently only at 60 for men and 55 for female white collar workers, which is already kind of surprising to see. But when do you think we'll see a change in the U.S. to our uh, retirement age standards? That's interesting. I didn't I didn't realize that it's a different age for female and, and men. I've never heard of that. So yeah, that's me neither. Interesting take there. I don't know if that has to do with life expectancy differences for a man and female in China. I've no idea, but that's uh that's interesting. But look, I think it's something that we probably have to do one way or another sooner than later here with some of our systems like social security and Medicare to to name just two. With looking at just the financial health of those systems, that is something that can certainly make a big impact. When you think about there's 10,000 baby boomers turning 65 every day, I think for the next 10 to 15 years, that's a lot of people, right? And so if we can push back some of these ages on some of these systems, and I, I don't think it should just be done overnight where you know somebody that's 64 has been planning for this retirement age. I think it should be some type of phased system for those people that are a little bit further away, have a little bit more time to plan for some of those changes. And I think it'll probably make a pretty big impact. I mean, when you talk about just retirement planning, for for instance, delaying retirement has one of the biggest positive financial results in your plan. I'm not saying you're happy because you're working longer, but what it's doing is that it's adding more working years, which allows you to save longer or give your 
assets a longer period of time for them to grow, but it's also shortening your retirement time frame. And so that same concept would be applied and that could really probably go a long ways with Social Security and Medicare system as well. Okay, something to keep an eye on. I think uh, there's definitely people that are, have their own ideas and opinions on that, but it is something to definitely track. But it's interesting to see how other countries are handling it, and uh, China is one that's considering raising the age uh, from 60 and 55. All right, uh, let's get into our main topic today, which is what drives your financial advisor crazy? You know, no industry is without its flaws, and the financial industry is no exception. So Let's uh, talk about a few times where you've encountered some annoying or frustrating elements in the financial world. How about hidden fees? We talk about it all the time, and, and we know we, we need to make people aware of this in their own portfolio, but why are hidden fees, uh, why is it something that drives advisors crazy? Uh, probably not just driving advisors crazy, right? it's probably driving the consumer, the customer uh, crazy too when they find out about it or hear about it. So, I mean, it's usually laid right out there on the uh, newspapers when when it's done company-wise. So, I mean, look, it's just going to be something that people want to know what they're paying for and, and how much it costs and who wants to find out about a hidden cost at the end of the day. I mean, it's no different than having hired somebody to maybe fix your house and you think it's one cost and next thing you know, it's, you know, twice the amount or it's, there's this other fee that they didn't disclose and maybe you would have never made that same decision had you known that up front. And so I do think that overall it's the industry is moving in the right direction with transparency and, and rules and regulations. And maybe that's part of the reason why applications are getting thicker and thicker because there's more disclosures. But I think that that practice was more prevalent uh, a longer time ago. I mean, it, it, I think it's still that there's still some type of, you know, kickbacks that happen to companies or advisors from time to time, and they're, they're supposed to disclose it if that's the case. Um, but it doesn't really obviously resonate as a positive type of uh, thing as it rolls off the tongue of hidden fees where that you really want to be associated with from a, an advisor standpoint. All right. And this, the second one, you know, obviously doesn't apply to every advisor because uh, it's actually in the item, but you know, for most advisors that are working for their clients, advisors who put their own goals ahead of their clients is going to drive someone like you crazy, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's like, I feel like I'm going to uh, having a heating and air conditioning guy come out or gal out to my house to see if I need a, a unit, if, can they repair it? And, you know, next thing you know, I'm on a call scheduling to have somebody come tell me why I need a new heating and air conditioned unit. And so, <laughs> you know, I, I think that that kind of similar feeling when clients come into the office and you have somebody leading, uh, their advisor leading with a remedy before actually analyzing the situation and asking, you know, what are you hoping to do differently or why are you unhappy with your current situation or why do you feel whatever you're doing is not working? Some of those types of questions should, you know, obviously be asked before recommending anything. And I think Every recommendation at the end of the day is going to have some type of pros and cons that should re be reviewed with the uh, customer prior. And I think that sometimes advisors, you know, will put their own needs uh, for a sale ahead of, you know, what the client's uh, actual best needs are. Yeah. So it's unfortunate, but that's, um, I, you know, I think it happens in all industries, but, you know, there's nothing more personal than, you know, somebody's wallet at the, and money at the end of the day. 
Yeah, it's a good point. It's not unique to the financial industry for sure. It's everywhere. Um, all right, number three on our list uh, of things, and I know for you at cardinalwg.com and, and Cardinal Wealth Group, you guys will work with your clients to to put together a customized plan. So you know when you see other uh, advisors or you know people in the industry that are putting together these cookie cutter one size fits all sales pitches, you know it's again it kind of goes back to the last one. It's not really putting the client's goals uh, as a priority. Yeah, it's kind of that square into the round hole type of uh, analogy there where, you know, I don't want to call out different industries, but I think some of them, like an insurance agent, if maybe that's all that they sell is, you know, insurance products that they're going to look to fit that certain product into every situation. That's kind of a blanket statement. That's not all insurance agents and what they're doing. I'm just saying that sometimes like that, type of situation can arise from that. And I think that it's just important to make sure that you understand the whys of, you know, what you're doing and going through a process is really needed. And I think it's important to look for some red flags, right? And if they're kind of recommending something before you're even, if you just met them in the first hour, how could they really know exactly what you need? It's like going to the pharmacy before going to the doctor, how could you really know what is in the best interest or what that strategy or what the client needs in that such short of a time? So I think one other red flag that comes to mind would also be, are they recommending just one thing, right? Are there alternative options to consider? Usually there are, and it'd probably be nice to see all those options before making decision on one. Yeah, for sure. All right. What do you think about this one? Big companies who push products. I know you're obviously a small independent practice. So what do you think about when you see these these larger companies who are pushing specific products on people? Well, you know, if they're if they're pushing them on the people, that's certainly not good at all. And you definitely hear, you know, I think more so in the past about uh, more predatory you know practices there. And it's not a good thing at all, obviously. But I think that, you know, products can be good and, and can, if they're the right tool for the job. So you just got to make sure that when you're talking to somebody who's helping you analyze it, that they're, you know, helping you understand that the pros and cons of, of what the purpose of that product is and why it's the right fit for you. And maybe also why it's not the right fit. And I think that pushing product type of scenario it's a little bit more of an older, outdated advisor model that you know existed you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago you know, in, with the large banks and insurance companies and Wall Street firms. I, you know, I think that overall regulators are doing a pretty good job trying to uh, minimize you know, less of that from happening um, in today's day and age. And there's certainly a lot more information out there that, that also helps. Okay. What about buzzwords uh, or jargon that you know you might hear thrown around when you're watching maybe TV, a financial program, or reading a magazine, or you know any kind of entertainment really, where you hear all these buzzwords all the time that just don't really mean anything to the average uh, consumer? Yeah, I I hate that. I can't stand. It's either you know them trying to feel important or making yourself feel important by using words that people maybe don't understand. I feel that way when I'm talking to maybe a mechanic or an electrician and, you know, I just got to say, you know, time out, please. Like, just talk to me like I'm a, a seventh mm -hmm. grader here because yeah. I, I don't, how could you 
really make a decision if you don't even know what, what somebody's talking about. And I think from my own personal approach, we, we try to, t- to deliver on more of an educational approach, but really meeting people at their level. There's, it's not uncommon where we have more of an astute person that does come in and it talks at maybe a little bit higher uh, financial literacy level. And there's other people who really don't know the difference between an asset and a liability. And so it's important to understand who your audience is when they're coming in to make sure you're meeting them at that level, take the amount of time that's needed to help them understand so that they can you know, make the right decision for themselves. And, and I think it just adds to the intimidation factor to clients of you know, wanting to work with an advisor sometimes as, as well when we're talking basically at them or above them and not really kind of meeting them at eye level and to help them make the best decision so that they um, understand so that they can make the best decision for themselves. All right. The goal is to help them understand, educate them, not to confuse them. And, yeah, I uh, think so. <laughs> have them just buy into whatever you're, it, you're selling. Look, I probably 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I remember somebody saying, you know, I like, you know, kind of a, a senior advisor when I was first getting started, just talking about kind of a, his sales process was to confuse them it basically hit him over the head and confused them so that he would basically feel, make them himself feel more important that they're going to need him to help them. So right. <laughs> didn't exactly uh, match up to why I came into the industry, but um, I'll kind of never forget that. Yeah, that's why you're where you're at now, probably right. too. <laughs> that's crazy. But yeah, it probably happens more than we even realize in a lot of cases. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's close out with this one. Financial planning, you know, obviously there's a lot that goes into it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to add up to a long, drawn out financial plan on paper. So what do you think about those financial plans that consist of dozens and dozens of pages that going back to like the buzzwords and jargon that you don't necessarily completely understand? It's unfortunate that people put uh, those types of plans in front of them. I think sometimes, and, and this falls under your independent fiduciary, you know, that's maybe only works on, works on a fee basis and is looking to charge as a planner, they might make some of these plans a lot more sophisticated looking and long, you know, 100 pages or more to feel more, make them feel more important and feel like you need them because you're not going to be able to figure out what to do if somebody gave you that. And I think it's important for the advisor to really boil it down to one or two pages to, to tell them, hey, here's at the end of the day, what you really need to do. Now, for purposes of suitability, disclosures, and stuff like that, you, you might actually have to give them more than one or two pages. But I think it's important to, again, just meet them on their level of understanding. I like to tell people that I want to create a plan for you that if you come in here and walk out of here with this plan, that you will be able to do what you need to do and assume that we're never going to meet again. So that it, it just has to be very easy for them to understand so they can walk out of here confident. And obviously, we want to continue to work with them. But just kind of using that type of scenario or analogy to say that we really want to boil it down so you can almost do this without us. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what it's all about. And and that's why I want to kind of talk about some of these things, highlight some of the things that you know aren't necessarily uh, the best in the financial industry, but why it's uh, important to, to Anthony and other advisors 
um, that are looking out for their clients' best interests and working hard to provide you with a plan that uh, that fits you and is tailored to you to get you to your retirement. So good taking us through this and kind of pulling back the curtain a little bit on on your side, Anthony, and kind of getting a better feel for what you guys uh, deal with as advisors. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Time for the mailbag. A couple of questions today that came in uh, through the website, cardinalwg.com. We got one from Ellen here. She says, we had the opportunity to refinance our house at a lower interest rate, but the problem is that it would be a 15-year mortgage, and we only have five years left to pay now. We're 60 years old, and the idea of still having a house payment until we're 75 seems like a bad idea. What do you think? Well, I think it kind of comes back to the purpose of, of doing this. There's obviously going to be some pros and cons with refining for a lower interest, but it also could come with closing costs and, and fees associated with that for going through that process. And so just kind of getting an idea. I mean, look, you're really close to having this thing paid off. And so that might make the most sense just to keep doing what you're doing since you're probably pretty far along in the amortization schedule and probably you know, most of the payments are going towards principal. So it might make sense just to stay the current route that you're at. But I don't know, maybe you need some type of relief from a, a lower payment because you're getting into retirement and you need uh, to free up some cash flow in your budget. And so I think it just, you know, makes sense to kind of go through some type of planning exercise with somebody to help understand the pros and cons there and, and what some of the best solutions are um, available to you. I know we've talked about this um, a little bit, but you, do you, where do you stand in terms of carrying a mortgage into retirement? Are you okay with it typically, or does it just kind of vary by person? Yeah, I would say it really varies by person. And uh, some people really hate debt and the idea of carrying it through retirement, and they make it a goal for themselves. And other people, you know, they've been dealing with mortgages their entire life, and it's nothing new. So as long as the budget can support it, and it and it works for them, and then it works for me. And, you know, we can certainly talk about it and we'll bring it to the to the fold if there's some benefits there of, you know, paying it off with some of your nest egg or savings prior to retirement and looking at some of those re, um, trade-offs there versus kind of holding it and maintaining it throughout retirement. So we just kind of want to, it really just depends case by case though. Okay. Thanks for that question, Ellen. Uh, Steve writes in, says, I have a variable annuity that seems to have a nice income guarantee associated with it. But I've heard several people say that variable annuities are usually a bad deal. What am I missing? Well, I think anytime that you do hear several people in your inner circle say something like that, Steve, it, it's probably going to bring some type of uh, awareness to you and probably something that you want to seek out and get some type of understanding about. But at the same time, I don't think it's fair for you know anybody just to kind of make a blanket statement. Uh, because this thing called retirement or, or planning um, is unique. It's unique to everybody. There's just so many variables. And, you know, in your case, Steve, I don't know, I, I can't tell from your question if you're already in it or not, but it, obviously if you're not in it, you can, whomever you're working with, can go through the different pros and cons of that variable annuity versus some other type of investment strategy and look at the pros and cons there to really help you make the right decision for yourself. And it might be easy at this point because you don't have any skin in the game. Conversely, if you're already in the product, um, it might be a, a little bit more difficult to jump over to a more optimal option if it actually exists because you might be locked into something or might have some type of cost 
to make that change. And so if you are going to take a look at it, and because now that your antenna's up from your friends or whomever who brought that up, I would just make sure that you go through that analysis, but also understand what it's going to cost you to, to change it. And at the end of the day, if, if that variable annuity works for you and it helps you accomplish your goals and, and you like it, then that's okay too. So I think it just having a good grounding of understanding of how it works and if you're okay with it and you know what are some of the drawbacks there and that's the route that I would go with it anyway. Thanks for the question, Steve. I guess for both people, just further planning is going to be the key and uh, you want to sit down with someone and you can also do that with uh, with Anthony and his uh, his team at Cardinal Wealth Group. CardinalWG.com is the website, but you can call them directly as well, 609-605-2808. And, uh, and while you're on the website too, make sure you get there, the toolkit he's got there, the Tax-Free Retirement Toolkit that's available on the website. You can go ahead and request that uh, right now. So thanks uh, thanks for everyone for the questions again. Send them in to us via the website and we'll get to more on future episodes. Anthony, enjoyed the conversation today. Uh, appreciate you kind of enlightening us on things that kind of bother you in this financial world. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Ben. You have a great rest of your week and I will talk to you soon. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.